Hi, this is Blair Legger from One More Story Games. Welcome to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to session, session, Jesus, so many games that we play. Episode 104, we have Jean Leggett with us tonight. Jean is feeling a little under the weather, but we may be able to coax her on for a little bit before the show's over. So good uh, good evening, Jean. Uh, Blair, Blair, how's it going? Hey, man. Good to see you. <laughs> we have Vince here as well. He's also feeling a little under the weather. I'm I'm coughing up my lungs, so I may sit out for a few questions while I Aww. gather my uh, gather my uh, breath. <clears throat> he may be dying. We're not really sure. So yeah, I, so I, I, don't die. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So we'll 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 jump right in. Um, so we'll we're talking mostly about you know one more story games and story styles and the things that you guys have going on. Uh, yeah. So when did you guys found one more story games? So the company's been around since about we incorporated in two thousand and. 2014 um we were operational from full production from january 2014 but i worked on some prototype stuff before that before we sort of really got going in fact when i was with vincent at necronomicon 2013 i actually did have some swag at that point to sort of hand out and uh yeah yeah just sort of uh so and we've been pretty much busy building the software for the past, you know, three years or so. And now it's sort of, it's really starting to pay off because it's built and we can actually start building games and selling stuff. And uh, so we can get more into that there along as we go along. Sure. Sure. All right. What, what was the, the impetus to kind of be like, Hey, you know, we sort of have this idea and, you know, I don't know, should we do it? Should we not do it? You know, that risk of, you know, a small business. Well, what finally pushed you over the edge? Well, that's funny because I've been in the games industry, the video games industry for 16 years, 17 years now. Uh, I've been an RPGer since I was probably about seven. So do the math on that one. Uh, I had my old, mm. not the uh, the red box for d and I had the one before that with the blue manual that was uh, my D&D yep. way back in the day. So, and... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the first box edition of all of the four uh, the four white books there. And uh, I used to cart my player's manual, my Dungeon Master's Guide up the street. I had this big uh, <laughs> um, luggage that I carried all of my D&D stuff in. The parents were always worried that I was going to head off and I was actually leaving or, or running away from home all the week but i was just carrying on my bike carrying all my books and manuals up the street um i worked at electronic arts for eight years and worked on a couple of games there learned the ropes i worked at uh, zynga for two years i'm so sorry folks it's just it, i was gonna say that's <laughs> terrible <laughs> that's i we tried to i tried to change it from within and you know no, i did no, work no. on sorry what was that not, not some of their finer moments, but hey. 
Yeah. Well, I worked on Cityville, which was great to see because on when we were at our height there, we had about 20 million people hitting it a day, which yeah. was a great way to learn how to write software and build under fire, as it were. But I and then I went to work at Zynga Dallas, which you guys would know as Ensemble Studios. They did the uh, Age of Empires and uh, Age of Mythology games way back when. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what happened was there was a mix-up in U.S. medicine. <clears throat> I, I am Canadian, by the way, just as you guys know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I nearly died. There was some problems. Somebody, there had been a mix-up in communications between doctors as I moved from San Francisco to Dallas, and it nearly killed me. Jeez. So, yeah, I was like a week or two away from a stroke or a heart attack. Good stuff. Good, good fun stuff. Um so when you nearly die, just just so just for, for those at home and just keeping track, um, it really clarifies, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Like like maybe are you happy building these farm bill S type games or maybe there's something else you'd rather enjoy doing. So uh, uh, I had in my spare time I had built Ultima 4 in Flash from scratch. I wrote that in about three months for fun when I was uh, laid off in the great culling of 2008 at EA when they decimated the whole studios in, uh, in Vancouver. Mm. And I really loved that. That made, what was great about it was I could build a game from scratch, a game that I love, right? I love the world of Lord British and uh, Britannia. And to be able to build every system and see it all come together and the way that I, I made it, it was very much data-driven so that if you could, and what I mean by that is if you could had an editor or an authoring tool, you could completely rewrite Ultima 4 and create your own game. So I tend to like designing stuff that way. And I honestly thought I was going to go off and do another RPG type game when I was on my own and I moved back home after, after, you know, nearly dying. And <laughs> for me, it was just enjoy. I, I was trying to find, you know, what kind of game would I love to do? I'd love to do maybe another RPG, but I got thinking about what if you could do an editor of all editors? What if you could make something that could build any kind of story game? And I started to really think about that and try to come up with something that would... Initially, it started out that it could do any kind of mystery games. It was very much like a kind of a uh, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective with just a fancier interface that you could throw any map or do any kind of genre kind of thing. But where this really took off was this just... What other kinds of tools would you need to be able to create any kind of story game? And that became one more story games and became story stylist which is the editor you use to play then in our apps for story worlds and we've got about six or seven games up there right now and a slew and a lot more coming along so what we've created is this engine that allows writers or game creators or screenwriters of any type to go online and create and be able to publish their games and issue put them onto the web, onto Facebook, onto mobile, uh, and lots more coming. So it's it takes good storytelling and turns it into an interactive experience. Cool. So, so, that's, so an author could take their, their, their work and then 
make it interactive for a game player to move yep. through that story. Um, yeah. Like playing a game. Exactly. To really bring and, and emphasize, and uh, there is a lot of text in these <laughs> games, but it doesn't have to be. It's it, but it, the focus is on the parts of storytelling that are so often ignored in games, uh, character dialogue, um, you know, the world and bringing the world to life. Um, but it also honors the writing of the, the words of the writer, because you read and see sort of what, you know, the world that they've created. We've actually had authors who are, who are published, who've actually created free content using our tool as a prequel to their published works. So it's a way okay. to sort of show how, their world and explore the characters of that world and sort of see come to life. Cool. Yeah. 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 I, I wanna I'm gonna interrupt real quick and go jump ahead, go back ahead. to Ultima. Uh, so I'm gonna give a yeah. shout to uh, to Jeremy over at Total Failure Programming. Hey Jeremy. <laughs> he's uh, he's usually watching live while we're on. Uh, but okay. he's a huge fan of Ultima and he wanted cool. to know uh, how did you program Ultima while you were laid up there? Okay. Um, well for me a good way to learn any kind of programming language or, or an engine or something like that is to have a project, right? And so back in the day, I was learning Flash. And at first, it was just the kind of thing of, well, let's see what I could do with, with an Ultima-style engine in Flash. Like, could I do the, 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 the animating water and the, the different characters and stuff like that? And then it was like, well, can I do all the character stats? And then can I do something where I have a world map and then the city maps? And, and then it just, it just didn't stop. It just kept going. It was like, holy cow, I think I could build the whole darn game. And, and the real test was being able to do a 3D drawn dungeon look in Flash, which was, you know, the engine isn't designed so much to do that. You can do it if you built like a 3D world, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do as close to what would have been in an Apple, a C64 back in the day, right? right. Those early IBM computers. So, um, so for me, that's just, it was a kind of a, a dare that turned into a real project. And and just my love for Ultima to bring it bring bring it to life. Hey, Leah, how's it going? Great to see you. It's going great. Yeah, good to see you guys. <laughs> We've got Leah on the show. We have all three hosts together for the first time, and I promise I'm not going to boot Leah out of the call. <laughs> <laughs> we should Blair. We should probably yeah. quickly explain how we all met. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the inestimable, the, you know, the amazing, the super duper Mike Davis introduced us all for, over at uh, uh, Lovecraft Easing, who is, who is a good friend who I have not seen in a long time, who, who I, I love dearly for what he does for the Lovecraft community. And we, we all played Cthulhu on, on one of these googly hangout things. So, you know, that, that was good times. Good, good times. Yeah. That and the one-shot Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. gotta bring that back, man. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so I we were talking a little bit, I think, beforehand. Um, so S Story Stylus is the program that you use with One More Story Games to create these games. Um, yeah, think of it like the it, it's the Microsoft Word. So it's One More Stories Story Stylus. Sure, sure. 
it, it reminds me a little bit of like a scrivener for like an author to you know kind of collate and yeah that's it because it's funny because there are people who use it for all different kinds of things really for us it's just what would you need to do if you were going to tell a story in a video game Mm -hmm. And and it's like, you know, breakdown of all the characters, breakdown of the locations, the items, the the events. And we just use that as like Lego bricks, as it were, to, to build your story game. But you could put notes in there. You can link it up with your graphics. You can have you could do all kinds of stuff to sort of to really show it could even be like um one of those early almanacs that you got with D and D games and stuff like that of like forgotten realms or something. You could do it with that kind of detail, um, bringing your world to life and then explore it and, you know, it's, you know, share it with other people and see it, see your world and your characters alive. So. That's sure. pretty bad. So it's it specifically for that. Do you, so do you think that people could use that like in a Scrivener sense? So like to not, make a video game, but maybe use that program to sort of, you know, you know, maybe work on their tabletop game. Yep. You could use it to prototype stuff. You could use it to organize all your notes. You could use it to play an online RPG where say you've built your maps ahead of time and then, you know, you can explore your maps room by room and, and see it sort of come to life that way and, and deliver it digitally. So that's, uh, roll, yeah. Roll 20 better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it's because, I mean, Roll 20 does stuff, the stuff they do, they do really well. Right, right. And I would never sort of take away from that. But, um, but it is great to sort of see, you know, to build up a map. Like for me, I've tried to build as close as possible the engine or the gaming system that little seven-year-old Blair playing D&D would have liked to play with, you know? Like, mm. the things that I enjoyed when I was a kid was, like, drawing on graph paper and, like, building my most intricate of dungeons and stuff like that. And then if, like, you could scan that in, then and then how would you define where the rooms are, the doors are, and what's clickable and stuff like that? It's something that me as a kid would have loved. And, I've, and, mm -hmm. and being able to share that with, uh, I mean, because we've done storytelling camps. We've done these summer camps where we have kids come in to learn our software. And we teach them how to be storytellers first because they don't, they aren't really comfortable with that at first. And mm -hmm. then they learn, how, you know, how to use the software, how to work together. And uh, by the end of the week, they've got their own video game they can share with their friends. And they've made it. It's their story. So that's kind of cool. It is cool. Now, you mentioned uh, drawing, um, drawing out your vision. Yeah. Now, let's just say maybe I'm not that good of a drawer. Do you, do you provide uh, graphics for those well, that are drawing disinclined? We're artistically handicapped. Is that what you're saying, Leah? <laughs> yes. Well, that's the thing. I mean, because you can upload and use any image you want to, really. So it's funny because sometimes when we run our summer camps, the kids are directly grabbing stuff from Disney movies and stuff like that. Right. And they're just, they're just uploading their own images, but, but you could work with say an artist who could, 
you know, you're working on the story and the programming and they're drawing stuff, or you could be working with, say, a musician, Leo, would that be of interest? Or somebody who does the music for your games and sound effects, and they can upload all of that stuff and you just use mm -hmm. it and build it into the game. Yes, you know, it's, it's designed to be, because, you know, it used to be, like back in the, say, the Ultima days, you know, one person could build their own game. And now, I mean, now you have games built by hundreds of people, you know. Look at any Skyrim or Fallout 3, Fallout 4, right? Whereas you can't do it all. But maybe you can work with other people to build something that's really worthwhile. Or if, or you just sort of grab images from the web and use that as temporary art. I mean, that's, that's fine too. So, no, we don't provide images. We might very soon, but that's a ways off yet, I think. We, we've talked to sort of stock photography companies to sort of provide and, and mix up uh, sound effects and music and audio and um and images and maybe we'll do video down the road but that's that's a ways off as well because of the bandwidth requirements so um yes you, you can't do it all but you might get a lot of help so how's that sound it sounds perfect there you go <laughs> yes i'm a horrible at drawing as well don't I've, I've just been playing what telestrations tonight do you guys know that game yeah. yeah, I think so. It's just kind of okay, like a so, Pictionary sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And and trust me, the best I can do is stick figures. So that's... It reminds me of We're the Millers. I just watched that. I caught pieces of it the other day, and they do a, a Pictionary. I, I, won't, <laughs> I won't repeat it, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> And then being at Pandemonium Games there in Boston, and it's like seeing they have all this the art of Michael Whelan up on on some of the walls, and you're just looking at that, just going, "Oh man!" To be able to work with somebody like that, or you know, or even yeah. somebody who's just getting started in their career, right? Who can do some amazing stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of some of the Dragonlance portraits and art they used to have back in the day. I mean, oh, Larry Larry Elmore, and yeah, 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 that stuff's amazing, and I mean. I think, you know, when we when we do the summer camps, for instance, we're we're talking no better Leah than refrigerator art here, right? But it's interactive refrigerator art. The kids love it, right? I mean, I can, uh, I might be able to show you some of our games, and uh, I'll, I'll maybe I'll go into one of our our stories here that some of the kids did, and uh, that'll give you a good example. But uh, um, yeah, give me a second here. I'll load that up in the background here. Sure. Cool. I was going to say, if you could give us a shot of the uh, the story style interface. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'll uh, just give me, I'll do a screen share here. Cool. Um, so this is the adventures of Finn and Gax. I will go to, uh, do, 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 let me see, and then screen share. And then application window, story stylus. Can you guys see that okay? No, uh, it's just you. you. There it goes. There, there it is. I'm walking on that. Okay. So if I go back to, so this is an adventure game that was written by five little mm -hmm. girls, uh, one aged 11, three that were aged 10, and one that was actually seven and a half. And we did this for an oh. event a month ago or so at Microsoft Vancouver. And I'll just go into some of the media here. Um, 
because this is what you do is you upload your art and then you can uh, use it. You identify sort of where you want to use it in your game. So, so for instance, there's a living room. You've got a sock that you can click on down here. Um, and, you know, that's – but. But it, like I said, it's refrigerator art, but it comes to life in your yeah, games. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, there's a house it. you have to explore. Um, let me just exit out of Steam here really quickly. Ha ha ha. Um, you know, and uh, you you draw like all the different characters that you have or different items that you've got to pick up. And I mean, oh, there's Super Monkey. You have to talk to Super Monkey. I mean, and this is all of the imaginings of you know some 10 year olds some 11 year olds this is julio the big bad wolf who was bullied in school <laughs> because he was so hairy but if you're if you're if you can talk to him correctly then you can get him on your side and he'll help you out and then these are some of the other characters that's you know so it's just the kids love drawing but more importantly they love seeing their their worlds come to life just like anyone yeah, else yeah. don't ask what that is but we'll uh <laughs> they wanted to do jump scares for their games so that's uh but again yeah so this becomes once you upload your images you can say if you click on this arrow over here it takes you into the forest or if you're in uh yeah so just sort of showing some of the do I have the forest one over here? Yeah. So there, if you click on this, you can talk to Super Kitty or you go back and explore sort of your world. So that's just kind of showing some of the, how some of the systems work and um, what the interface is like. So I'll drop out of that here. Do, 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 do. Hello. Cool. There you are. <laughs> um, is So because of the nature of the program, is Story Stylus more of a linear storytelling program or can you do non-linear storytelling with that? That's actually a bit of the challenge of doing the non-linear storytelling. We, uh, because it's funny, the kids really take to the branching narratives that they, they get it right. Cause they've done the games, but when we actually teach authors, we actually have to start very regularly and we show them sort of the linear and show them how to break out and branch from there. Um, I'll actually show you. Uh, so, so to answer your question, you can do pretty much anything you want. I mean, you can do looping stuff. You can do stuff that is that is has chapters. Um, I'm just gonna go over here. So on my uh, on the website, you can see. Hang on, if I just do. Uh, Sorry, folks. Just okay. So, if I bring up this image, and then if I go to share again, um, so this is some of the stuff that we show. So you can see that here we have traditional media, linear media, where it goes from a start mm -hmm. sequence of events to the end. That would be like a book, a movie, you know. But then we show people how to build this is something that's very complicated obviously uh we start actually something that's very simple here with um uh a gauntlet where it's just it's the same linear structure but you're giving people more choices as they go through mm -hmm. where there where so one choice for example might be boom you're dead uh which we would call a button of death within the video game space but you might have other choices that allow you to wander around where you then get to like the conclusion and finally you have to pick one of three endings and one is the good ending and 
it's like a this choose is, your own adventure almost exactly yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's um stuff where you have like a loop where it's it's the linear but it's bent around on itself for something like say majora's mask or if you actually built dare i say it groundhog day the game i mean <laughs> that's uh um you know there's there's cool stuff that you can do in there and so we what we'll do is we'll teach kids how to do or what these different structures are and then they can use them in in their games however they want they might use a bit of a railroad some loop maybe they've got like and then there's like the mother of all uh flows when you have like a sandbox world but if you can look at it you can see how it breaks down into very similar structures say to the gauntlet but where you've got more going on within these clusters of things. But I mean, if you follow that kind of a formula would work for say Grand Theft Auto or Fallout or Skyrim, you know, do you do the hero, the, the warrior quests over here, the spell casting quests, or maybe the assassin quests. And as you do stuff, it then opens up more of the world for, for where you want to go. So that's, uh, um, just showing you some of the possibilities there and how we sort of how you deal with thinking that that branching kind of structure not everyone gets it necessarily but um start linear build up from there really and truly a book is just an interactive game where they took all the, the most interesting choices that's that's an interesting way to look at it <laughs> yeah you know um it's like an rpg where you were playing on hero mode <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or you had the expert player there playing with you and always roll 20s, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that gets boring after a while, though. <laughs> the, the the fumbles are usually what you remember the most. Yes. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> and, and how you get out of them, right? Especially in a Cthulhu game, as you guys very well know. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> I love simulating insanity for, and I think a lot of, sessions get very memorable that way when we do when we uh yeah. can we can we not or, or even ghostbusters where it's just you know yeah, ray yeah. blasting everything with a proton pack right <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so yeah that's I mean, where the good memories come from that's right yeah so and and yeah, i think memorable. that's yeah right because like if everything was on cheat mode it wouldn't be interesting right but uh um but I might do Tomb of Horrors on cheat mode. You know, that's the... <laughs> you need that's at least hit mode. Yeah, the total party kill impossibility there. Remove that and make it safe, right? But then, yeah. and then what's the line from Douglas Copeland? Uh, Adventure without risk is Disneyland. So, you know, that's... Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. And who, who wants to be stuck on Disneyland, right? So... Mm -hmm. Well, not for the length of time. That's right. <laughs> What what was the hardest part of getting one more story games off the ground, or or was it just a piece of cake? You guys have just been flying through everything as roses. <laughs> You've been following our blogs, jeez. <laughs> I'm lucky I have a computer tonight because we were doing a presentation in Boston here uh, a couple a day or two ago, yesterday in fact. Oh, wow, <laughs> yesterday, and uh, somebody was climbing around on the floor and then went to help me install something in, and he and he static electricity shocked my computer Oof, and it completely shit. shut off and i was pretty freaked there for <laughs> um oh. i'd say the the hardest thing i mean have you ever heard felicia day talk about writing the guild where you know you think doing 
a television program or doing running a company is like you build the stuff and and then you go right but then there's that all other side of promoting and marketing and and getting to people i mean i'm i'm horrible at that i'm i'm just i mean for me i just love building the stuff and solving interesting problems and you know when people it's great when people write me at say at info at one more story games.com and have questions and I can sort of walk them through it and I'm much more hands on that way. Um, talking to investors, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Right. Okay. Oh, no. Right. It's, it's not easy and it's very hard. Angel investors, well, investors for any matter, I think, but especially the ones in Ontario and Canada and, well, I won't get too far into that and name names, but I could. <laughs> um, but it's hard, especially when you're dealing with something that's so, like you, you start to describe story stylists and one more story games and it's just, you know, we have found as we've talked more and more that there are no limits to this thing. Every time we try to figure out a limit, we figure out a way around things like um, somebody, you know, we started with doing mystery games and then people want to do fantasy games, science fiction games, westerns, um, and then historical simulations. And and then people want to use it for education and, you know, talking about building in VR support and stuff for um, Pokemon Go and, and positional based triggering of events and stuff like that and it starts to get is taking on a life of its own <laughs> yeah you know and, yeah. I mean, and that's exciting and scary all at the same time so it, it, yeah it's I, I love it I, I love what I'm doing it's not work but it's a lot of work you know what I mean <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. whenever well, you're yeah. working on something you love and just you want to see it come to life every day uh, I mean I can tell you that there's nothing quite like, say, teaching a 10-year-old girl how to program and that first look of when she finally gets it and her program works and that grin that goes across her face of like, wow, I could do this. And, you know, you've got them hooked from then on in. And, and it's just <laughs> amazing to see that whole change in their life happen and, and you were part of it. And that's, I mean, that's happened a couple of times doing this in the company or somebody who um, a kid who comes in, learns how to be a storyteller and then goes off and writes a short story. And you were part of that, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you know, it, it's hard work, but we love it all the same. And we feel like we are making a difference in our own little way. And, and hopefully people will try the games and give us some feedback and, you know, and all that other stuff too. But if we can, you know, if we can find a way to make stuff just a little bit better for, I, I have so many storytellers and writers who are very poor and very broke and working in video games. It was like, there was, there's so much money, but going into stuff like blowing up people and blowing up and, and that's fun too. But I think I wish more storytellers could be rewarded for the work that they do. And this is sort of one little way I can do that. So, yeah. And the video game industry is definitely one way to generate funds because what was it, a trillion last year? Um, at least a hundred billion. It's now, it's number two as a, an entertainment medium 
seconded only to um, registrated cable TV like HBO and Showtime and those things. But the thing is, video games from where they were, say, 10 years ago, has continued to grow at a steady rate. It's not changed. And it's now, it, it will probably be the number one medium probably in the next 10 years. And just as a way to provide money to go back to authors and storytellers, I, I, for me, it's like the more, apparently the number one reason people buy games is for the concept of the game, the story of the game. Mm-hmm. And so often we focus on the graphics. I love graphics too, don't get me wrong, but I think there needs to be better stories being told. And, and especially, I think, one of the things I say to writers when I'm at conferences, I mean, you won't be able to compete with the 3D graphics of AAA games, but I'm willing to bet you you could compete with the writing in most hmm. cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good writer can write rings around the kind of stuff that's being done these days. I know lots of game writers too, but often it's the last thing that's done and little consequences given to it when a writer says, we've got a problem with this. And really all it comes down to is what are the graphics and can we sell this? Is there something to shoot? <laughs> yeah. And and for me, I think the what's happened to movies in the 90s were the rise of independent film. I mean, you can distinctly see the difference in film before Pulp Fiction and after Pulp Fiction for what happened to dialogue, right? And I think video games is quickly especially with the rise of a lot of indie studios as people leave the big studios and are tired of working, you know, hundred hour weeks, which I did, but it's not a way to live a life. Yeah. It's that kind of a shift for what happened in independent film in the nineties needs to happen within video games where, um, you know, the, the biggest money-making film for the longest time was the Blair Witch because it wasn't made for very much, but a lot of people saw it and it had a huge impact, cultural impact. I mean, you wanted to throw up at times, but that's, uh, and not just from the storytelling. Um, I think you can do amazing games, tell a great story, and a good writer should be able to make a, a killing at the way video games and video game writing is currently being done. So that's my hope, at least for, for, and, and I, you know, I can't wait for the day when say we can with story styles, because we pay our writers, we're very eager to make sure that people get paid for their work that, you know, I can give a six figure check to a writer and, you know, that will change their life. And hopefully we can grow the audience to get there, but you know, that's, that's my hope anyways. And that's just as much with game playing, with RPG writers, screenplay writers, say com- comedic writers, you know, make me laugh and make me remember it. And hey, that's uh, so, yeah. yeah, you know. So how would, how would um, an author, like say for myself, if I wanted to bring my novella series to life? Sure. How would I, how, let's start from uh, at, at the bottom tier. How would I get started? Okay, so go to the website, uh, www.onemorestorygames.com. Um, that's either with the number, number one or O-N-E. Um, you can check out, and okay. we always say when somebody wants to build a game with Story Stylus, 
play some of our other games. See what else, what's possible, and bring questions. Ask lots of questions. Sort of see how that all works. And once you've done that, then we can start talking about your particular themes in your game, what you'd like to do, what are the characters, what are the settings and locations, and then... I mean, it pretty much is a do-it-yourself system, but, you know, send us emails. We're happy to help and, and at least get, get you started. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where then you would download the story style of software, and mm -hmm. that works for PC or Mac. And, you know, you've got a three-month three month trial time where you can really play around the system and see if it makes sense, if you can, you know, upload some images to sort of start putting together your world or, or um, temporary art, if you like, just movie pictures from movies or something like that just because it's just yeah. for you it, if it makes if it works for you then great you know cast you know brad pitt as your leading character i mean you're we're not going to sell that but at least it gives you the start of you know what's little, in your head exactly yeah whenever yeah whenever exactly. i create yeah whenever i create characters for uh for my writing i have like i'll often go to an actor an actress and i have that that person in mind as i'm writing yeah. the dialogue and the story and whatnot so that that makes yeah. sense so, and then, you know, start, start doing the story flow for your, for your game, figure out sort of what are the key choices that people are going to have to make? What's, you know, what are the events where you saying the one wrong thing can create a whole bunch of trigger of an effect? And, and what's great is I think for RPG writers, you know, um, you get, you get and understand what it's like to be, to set up that as a game almost to see sort of how choices lead to effects and, and you get that and you'll find that pretty easy to implement within story stylus and, but, but we're happy to help you. And, and it's certainly there's, there's tutorials online that you can follow for that. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, we're going to, we're going to shift gears and I'm going to ask you a really bizarre question. Sure. Have you, have you ever drunk ordered anything off of Amazon or anywhere else? Oh man, you have to have money to have uh, to drink a lot, right? Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no. I honestly no, because usually my wife monitors my my spending habits for the. <laughs> she yeah. is the CEO now of the company, so. <laughs> the the reason I ask is is like uh, Monday night we we were we were playing our our Rogue Trader game and uh, we got Neil to drunk order uh, some some dice and then some other accessories from Easy Roller Dice Company. Uh, Easy uh, Roller Dice right. Company is sponsor of the show. Uh, oh, okay, cool. So yeah, you, you can uh, use code Legends ten at easyrollerdice.com to get ten percent off your order. Uh, you don't have to order drunk. You could order drunk. I'm not saying if you should or you shouldn't, but on the occasion that you do, maybe you want to go over there and order. Um, and, and when you need to sober up afterwards, you realize, oh my god, I just spent a hundred dollars at Easy Roller, and I got ten dollars off, which is really good. You can get your birds of a feather coffee, which I do have with me tonight, because I would have never made it through this interview. And now Neil oh, is offering. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. 
<laughs> Neil is now offering at Birds of a Feather Coffee Company a Legends 10 discount as well. So wow. you can head on over to Birds of a Birds. Feather Coffee. Get the and cup and the drink. Hey. <laughs> that's right. So you can play with your drunkenly ordered dice while you're drinking your, your Birds of a Feather Coffee. And it, it's it's all synchronicity. It's great. So... Uh, Migrate the flock on over to birdscoffeecompany.com. There you go. Leah's got it. She's my wingman there. Wingman, get it? Birds Coffee. <laughs> Wing woman. <laughs> Wing woman. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So, there you go. So, so please support the sponsors. Uh, we appreciate it. They appreciate it. Uh, you know, good bunch of guys, small companies. You're supporting the company, supporting the show. And uh, and we appreciate it. They appreciate Very it. Cool. So, uh I, I should probably include these links in all the show notes. I don't know why I don't, so I'll probably have to go back and do that. But check them out, and uh, there's there's uh, banners on the on the site. So uh, disable your ad blocker just for Legends. So if you go to legendsoftabletop.com, pause your ad blocker, kind of like whitewash us there. So when you come up, you'll the see ad, there's only a couple. The ad, ad blockers will not block our, our advertisements. They don't? Really? No. Wow. Nope. That's how powerful our sponsors are. You can't even right. block them out. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So flock you. <laughs> <laughs> so code Legends 10 will get you 10%. And rogue beard oil as well. I have that. Ready that beard for battle. Right. That, is, that is a fine product that is offered by Easy Roller Dice Company. Easy roller dice. Yeah. I got the I got the Alpine Alpine something I forget. It's Alpine Frost or Alpine something. Something with Alpine in it. It smells really good. All right. All right. All right. So we'll move out of this. All right. No all more right. commercials. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make sure we get all those plugs in. <laughs> no, that's cool. Very um, cool. So so what's the, the typical length of play for a game created in story stylus? Is is there does it sort of max out at a certain level or is this sort of open ended and Yeah, no. Um, a lot of the premium content games generally ring in around two hours or so. Um, if you're really reading through and playing through stuff. Um, we find that's a pretty good length for something that gives you a good taste of of the writing of the world but then you know it's not overdone or from there uh some of the other games are about a half an hour in length so something you could play over a lunch break um nice. and a lot of those are free so um one game we really recommend is called hard vacuum lullaby and that is set aboard a spaceship it's all point of view hand drawn and it's you are on the spaceship and it's being attacked and you've got to rescue, uh, save the situation while you're under fire. And so it's imagining that as if you're playing like uh, faster than light and you're, we're one of the little guys running around on the ship trying to fix stuff and get stuff working and stuff like that. So it's a really good story and uh, a good half an hour play. Awesome. Well, you just brought up faster than light. As well, uh, do you find that uh, being in the current position that you are with one more story games, do you have the do you have the uh, the time to play games as well to keep up with the uh, industry around? I try. I try. I mean, I watch a lot of Will Wheaton's tabletop. 
which is a great way not to spend money and at least see how games work, right? Um, I do get the occasional Steam sale. <laughs> um, if you ever asked, if you asked if I drunk bought something through Steam, I think you probably. <laughs> Possibly. That's, I'm closer to that, I'd say. It's like, wow, 20% off, sure, I'm in. Um, I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah, you know, I've got all these games that I've got that I haven't necessarily played and I keep meaning to, but uh, um, I, yeah, I try. I think if you want to make good games, you've got to play good games. You've got to, If you want to make great games, you've got to play great games. And that can be um, the 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 board variety, the video game variety, um, even even game books like those, some of those choose your own adventure and fantasy flight fighting games, uh, you can learn a lot that way. And so I try to keep up with stuff as best as I can. And and other RPG systems, for instance, other storytelling systems are. There's amazing stuff that's out there these days that I can barely keep track of it all and don't have the money to keep track of it all, but it's yeah it you got to do your best right um but i do play a lot of counter-strike truth be told i do uh that's sort of my go-to choice of just something like a quick 20 minutes just to shoot stupid people and just feel better and then go back to work from there how's that <laughs> oh dear. So, so Jeremy asked in the chat, um, do you have to play the games in one setting in one sitting, or is there a save setting for games? Yeah, whenever you're playing a game, it's automatically saving as you go along. So oh, you nice. can you can pull out, you can um stop playing and go back in and yeah, yeah. So um yeah, it's it's all driven through the cloud, so it's not like you have a save game right on your computer per se. It's everything's all stored up there. You can log in from one computer and then go home and play the same game. So, cool. Yeah. Nice. Or play on tablet as well. We are currently we can play on Android tablets. We're delivering soon for iPad. I keep saying that every time somebody asks me, but we're really close now. We are really and truly almost ready to go with that. So, cool. All right. Um, are you so? Do you guys develop a lot of games in house? You know that you're publishing yourselves, or are you more in support of you know people coming in and then just acting as publisher? We. Um, both, yes. Um, the current in-house game that we're working on right now is an adaptation of New York Times bestselling writer Charlene Harris. We got the rights to one of her uh, mystery series called uh, the Lily Bard series. So the first book in the series, Shakespeare's Landlord, we will be building as a game and we're hoping to launch that at the biggest mystery conference this year, which is being held in Toronto, Canada, Toronto, Ontario. And we will be launching Shakespeare's Landlord with uh, with Charlene there in attendance. So that's, that's the current big project. But we also have a lot of other little projects on the side as well and people that we're working with uh, to help build up their, their content. Uh, and then we've got a whole host of plans for next year as well. But, uh, you know, you, anyone can email us and we're happy to answer questions. And uh, um, if there's something you need or you're not sure how to do, we'll we'll walk you through it. So we're very helpful in that way. We try to be anyway. So Cool. And and how did you guys uh, begin, become so chummy with Charlene? Was it, you meet her at a convention? What's the story behind that? 
Yeah, no, it was a great story, actually. We uh, we were at um, an earlier BoucherCon. This one was being held in Long Beach, California. So we were out in L.A. And, and, and working stuff that way. And it was just this case where my wife, Jean, was, you know, we were – we were in line, we were talking with, uh, she happened to be strike up a conversation with Miss Harris and say, you know, have you ever thought of turning your games, you, you know, have you ever thought of making a video game out of your stories, a story, an adventure game? And her reply, Charlene's reply was, well, we tried it once, but the company went out of business. This was, again, back in 2008 when everybody, all the funding dried up and Gene just said to to Charlene, it's like, well, is that something we could help you with? And the response was, that would be nice, dear. And then we got <laughs> her card. And then we just continued to create a relationship from there. And, you know, it's the Lily Bard series is one of our first novel series. But, and a lot of people are watching to see how we do this because we really want to bring her books to life. And to show this little southern Arkansas town where you can pick a whole host of complications and choices and have uh, ramifications from your choices that not only work from that game, but carry over into the next sequel of games, sort of like a mass effect for, for your stories. And so that's, yeah, it's just, sometimes you just got to ask. And there's a lot of other best-selling writers that I wish I could tell you about, but we can't really announce anything yet because it's all the paper signing and stuff that's... Because I would just be all like, hey, we talked to this person, we talked to this person, like, yeah! Um, that's not how business works, apparently. So, uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... To be able to give writers the chance to create and see the world come alive is really exciting. And there are a few who are already very interested in that. So, really cool. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Even like yeah. comic books, you know, for people who want to, who are working on comic books, because then they've got all their art, right? Mm -hmm. So last year when we were speaking at Comic-Con, it was really amazing to sort of get that excitement from people who were like, well, I can draw this stuff, but I can't program. And it's like, but you don't need to program. You just have to have a good imagination, a good story, great characters. You know, you upload your art and then you can bring it to life. And that's, that's the kind of world we live in now. And that's exciting. Yes, very cool. it is very cool. And I apologize for remaining a little bit silent during this interview. I'd otherwise okay. talk more, but I hopped in kind of in the middle. So if I duplicate a question, I apologize. Um, what I was going to say is it seems that you guys have been convention hopping like crazy this year. Uh, yeah. how, many, how many have you gone to so far and oh, what do you plan boy. to finish this year? No, that's great. Good question. Uh, I, I would say we've maybe been home for about two or three weeks so far this year, like, like from, wow. from January, um, we have been to, we went on the Joko cruise, which is for those who don't know, it's like a nerd cruise with, it's like comic con on a boat is really the way to look at it. It is amazing. So it's Jonathan Colton, and, you know, there's writers on the boat. There's there's Pat Rothfuss, John Scalzi, uh, Mary Ramana Cole. Uh, 
Will Wheaton's on that, and you know, and it's it's board games, it's RPGs, it's video games, and we had the whole cruise ship this time for the 2017 cruise, and it was just all nerds, all game players, all video gamers, and the crew did not know what to do with us because we weren't moving around with walkers, and you know, we were all pretty fit for the most part, so. So there was that. Um, we went to, we were teaching out in Vancouver for a while. We were at a, an Ottawa convention quite recently. Um, gosh, we've been to some other accelerators and startups meetings. Um, there's something called Digifest that we're pitching at in about a week or two in Toronto. Uh, we should be speaking at Comic-Con again this year. So they, we're, we're, we think we might be back there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's filling up fast. There's, there's a convention out in New Brunswick and the Maritimes of Canada that we're going to as well. Gina's going to be a keynote speaker for that. Um, yeah, it's, it really for us, it's just, it allows us to get out there and show what's possible and reach people. And we have the most interesting meetings. I, I just get, just give you an example. There was a, an event I went to just at the end of March there where it was a whole, it was, it was called from the page to the screen. And so it was all these book publishers mm -hmm. and they were supposed to meet with the other generally these other companies that could help promote their books. Usually that means TV and film, but mm -hmm. I was, we were one of the first video game companies there and that excited a lot of people, especially because what we found out was there was one company that specializes in indigenous literature. So uh, native American stories, mythologies written in say Cree or Ojibwa. And mm -hmm. what's great is that if you know these languages, they all use English characters, just, just different accents and stuff like that. So it looks like we're going to be doing some games about um, written in Cree and written in Ojibwa. And this is sort of something new that's about to happen next year where we hope to go into these native communities to, to create video games based on their stories. And we're really excited about that. I'd love to see something where we maybe can pair up an elder with you know like a youth and they could work together to tell and create their own story games that uh you know was a way to sort of reintroduce the old to the young and sort of take the old stories and reintroduce them with new technology um yeah really exciting things really exciting things sorry go ahead Vincent. i would say that that would be a great mentoring program yeah, because the thing that we found is the kids really take to it, especially when it's they're bringing their story to life. <laughs> it's funny, when we run these camps, it's like we have kids that are just working away on their story, and the parents have to wait around for the kids to be done. And it's, and it's funny, especially when it was the Microsoft employees and sort of we're looking over at them going, does this seem familiar to you? Is this... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we had people compliment us in, in the program come up and say, I don't know which demon or devil you sold your soul to, but you had my kid completely enraptured for a whole week. Hmm. And it's nothing special. It's just it's just we let them tell their stories and they're invested in that. Right. And when it's their work and it's their story, they want to tell it. They'll work long hours and weekends and stuff like that to yeah, to bring their world to life. 
there's incentive there, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and to, to oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Lee. Oh, I, I was just going to say something. I mean, there's something to be said about giving someone the ability to be creative and to help them create something yeah. of meaning, especially to that person. And it, yep. it's great. And then to be able to share that and, and to get feedback mm -hmm. from, you know, hopefully a little better than a YouTube comment, but you know, the, yeah. the, but to have that where you've brought something to life and you've made it, it's, it's, it's very exciting. And I can't wait to sort of see where this technology takes us and, and, and all of the new stuff we hope to add here in the next year or two. So. Cool. Well, I was just going to follow up on that and say that, you know, you guys, and you've mentioned a little bit that you recently par partnered up with Microsoft for a week long class to teach young girls how to tell stories and, and create games and, you know, sort of go through that process. Like the that's children that's of the employees cool. of a game company. Yeah. 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 And what was great in that case is that was the first time we really, um, we had them work as a group because they were younger. They were a little younger than we were normally used to. I mean, some of them were eight. There was a seven and a half year old in there. That was, it was crazy. Um, but by grouping them together, you know, they could work as a team. And what was really amazing to see what happened from that is one became the writer, one became the programmer, one became the artist, one became the QA the component. You know, and they were working together to build their team. And it was like, oh, we need another drawing, Michaela. You got to get working on that. And it's like, I thought we were art <laughs> content lockdown here, guys. Come on. <laughs> and then cool. it's like, oh, I just finished coding the, the, the scary swamp. We need that testing. QA and QA is like, I'm on and I'm on and I'm testing it. I'm testing it. <laughs> you know, but to yeah. see them come together as a team, a true, like a little studio in themselves, and and just yeah. have their own jobs and and even for the little ones where you could say like oh we need a new picture for this go and research that and off they go to google and they're browsing and and like and they present like five different options to the team and that like and then they probably want to go with the way they go and this is like an eight-year-old that's doing this and as excited that what she's doing matters and is contributing to the team so yeah, yeah. yeah great times great times Totally. That, that's that's awesome, especially you know for you to empower young girls like that because you know sometimes it seems like they get left behind in school and you know there's you know maybe boys gravitate more towards you know math sciences whatever but to, to you know specifically be able to reach out to them and say hey you know you can do this and not only can you do this programming but you can also be creative as well and, and yeah and it's along. it's the STEM it's like the science technology engineering math. <laughs> But then it's the arts as well, because the focus is on the writing. So mm -hmm. it's really, it's steam. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and it really couples and complements technology and arts together, which, which is really where video games is, is really, I think, the, the bleeding edge of that. It's uh, to see arts and, you know, and technology, to be able to do that well, you've got to be able to combine both. And that's, that's often many of the challenges, especially artists who don't trust programmers and programmers who don't trust artists. It's, it's a trope in the industry, but uh, um, to be able to sort of facilitate both is really exciting, to see the value in both at an early age. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and 
two of your story-based video games took honors for game of the year as awarded by Toronto Game Devs. And you hey, beat, hey. you know, Ubisoft and Drinkbox Studios and some of these really, I mean, you you guys are, you, you're hitting it out of the park. I mean, you, you, well, you have all these big names. I mean, you're, you're in the community, you're, you're, you're reaching out. I mean, you guys are just doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> some days it it's it's harder than others and and you know you're exhausted and sick after a cruise let me tell you it happens uh but uh, yeah i mean and what's interesting is that for those story games that that particular voting it was most audience because we tap into a different audience we tap into a literate story-focused audience that isn't necessarily always in the video game space. But what we found was like the normal video game audience for that particular con that, that, that prize were voting on all of the other games. And it's like, we had all the other people voting for us. So it's, it's kind of like that, that thing from the movie election where the geek wins because all of the popular people were splitting their vote among the popular people, but all the nerds and outcasts were voting for the, you know, the one nerd that was up there that represented everyone else. Right. So it's, uh, I take great pride in that. That's uh, I'm happy to be the, the, the king of the losers or the outsiders, you know, that's uh, very happy to do that as, as is often the case with RPGers, right? Come on. Yeah. yeah Speaking well, of which, are you going to be at Necronomicon this year? Well, that's a very good question. Um, so recently we got a car. Um, it's a One More Story Games car. And that's how we got down to Boston. We drove down. So I am leaning very hard to do that, actually. <laughs> I, uh, I think that would be another great thing, too, because... I mean, when you see what we've done behind the scenes and story stylists with Cthulhu-based fiction and stories and worlds, um, I would really love to be able to show that off. And I think Necronomicon would be a great place to do it. So, That's perfect, man. Yeah, That's exactly. So uh, it's because one of the things that we do is we, we've built the storytelling system so that you could create a whole bunch of stories that are set that are placed within a setting and then you can collaboratively contribute to that setting so if you like a character from one story you could promote it up to the setting and then everybody could use that character in their stories so it's kind yeah. of like if you, if you know um sanctuary or thieves world it was mm -hmm. a book a series of novels that were all of these short stories and everyone was contributed collaborative storytelling we've mm -hmm. kind of built the first collaborative storytelling video game system so you could have say like an arkham that gives you the map the characters dunwich county you know kingsport innsmouth and then just by saying i want to set it within 1920s you know, Lovecraft, you automatically get all of those maps and any of the characters that were within that setting. And that's exciting. That's, uh, you know, any, I love collaborative storytelling. I love it when people can weave their stories in with other people and being able to build a system like that. Uh, yeah, I would, to, yes, I would love to go. Are we sure to go this year? I don't know yet. But it depends on the schedule. Also, we've we've got around that time is when we're supposed to be wrapping up the stuff for 
the the Charlene Harris game. So that's why it's really hard to know for sure, Leah. I would love to go though. You know that. I I do. Yeah. <laughs> Join <laughs> us. <laughs> that's right. No, I mean Vincent was there in 2013. I don't think you were at the 2013 one, but I missed out on 2015. So that was oh. I was the wet blanket. Yeah, there, it was. But, yeah. I, I made both of them. Fortunately, I was I was uh, lucky to do that. Um, well but yeah, we, we we first uh, met face to face. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great. I, I counted as one of my favorite experiences of of conventions. It's it really is the Lovecraft community is very very different, and I think it is erudite and it is very interested in storytelling and characters and weird and wacky ideas that. Uh, you know, when you really think about it, Lovecraft was probably the first collaborative storyteller in that way to have that mythos system that then anyone could buy into it and, and you know, could, you know, throw in an Ia Cthulhu there and off you go. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, Necronomicon right now is small enough to where it's, um, it's very inclusive and very intimate. I mean, you can talk to people that you wouldn't think yep. you'd be able to do so. And so yeah, I agree and hang out and collaborate and make new friends very, very easily. So. Yeah. And talk to writers about, you know, I, I love writers and, and I met a whole host of them there with, uh, with Mike Davis. It was really, it just, it was very humbling and to very much share the same passion that I do with uh, the pay the writer, you know, that's, that's one of the underlying philosophies of our company. Um, that, that writers get paid for what they do and we value writing. And, and so thank you. I'm glad you asked that though, Leah, that's, uh, I'll have to weigh in a little bit to lean a little bit to Gene on that. Uh, uh, I think, <laughs> I don't think the full passes are available right now, but uh, we'll certainly see what we can do about getting in there and go from there. So, yeah. Cool. Just have to check and see. Another yeah, no. quick question. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm just gonna gonna throw a bone out there to my to my good friends at Cleus Press. Um, have you been approached for adult content creation in one more story games? We've looked at it. We've looked at it. yes, very much so. Um, we're actually building one side first if you if you follow my my sort of yes. metaphor here um we have a site i can't tell you the name yet but um the idea is going to be that we will have a website for all of this children's content so we'll have a site of kids games written by kids for kids so all Excellent. of these camps that we're running that that kids can go in and see other kids games and go hey i could do that and, yeah. and really empower them to come up with their own story games. But yes, the other end of that spectrum is very something we are very interested in. And we haven't done as much work on that as I think we would like to. But uh, th there have been some questions and there are some people waiting for us to launch. Because yeah, um, I mean, just looking at the visual <laughs> content that I have seen of One More Story Games, that would seem to go hand in hand with many BN type of yes. content yeah yes so you, you understand think, where i'm going with this yeah. i think if we do it right the next step will be we will be able to integrate in vr technology into story stylus so you will have 
you'll be able to take photos from like say a gear 360 where you have everything mapped within a sphere and then you can use your vr goggles to look around and explore like a, an actual world and then we'll do the adult content from there. So I think that's, that's because at that point, I think what would be exciting is that we would be the, among the first, I think, authoring toolkits of VR. Mm -hmm. And, and I think what I'd like to see is the gear and the other 360 cameras come down in price where they're a little bit more pervasive. And then we would be able to be among the first authoring components for VR, which would be extremely exciting because then we bring a lot of what happens in VR is it's very much, you know, it's what like the 3D movies of the past. It's like this gimmick, right? But at the end of the day, if you can tell a good story within that, that, that kind of that gimmick, it tends to work much better than if it's just, you know, it's like, look into the hypnotic eye, you know, it's not, it's, it, it doesn't work. But first and foremost, it has to be a vehicle for telling a story. And then once yeah. you've got that, then you can go into the other. Uh, so, yes, I can't wait to where we're authoring and producing high quality VR content. Cool. And I think it's going to happen within the next year. So, but shh, don't, uh, we'll see. We'll see where we get okay. to anyways with that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this That's isn't cool. going anywhere, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> watches <Lucy>. you guys. <laughs> 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 all right, well, with all, all this crazy stuff you've got going on, you're running all these conventions, you got all these big plans. How do you unwind from all this crazy chaos? You board games, alcohol, gummy bears, you know, what, what, what's the. A lot of Counter Strike. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I shoot stupid people, but that's uh, no. Um, <laughs> um, actually, my Gene and I were just recently in a place in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. We took a week off to actually just sleep. <laughs> go, yeah. I barely do any computer work for that time. We didn't have in, really internet up there, so that was great. Um, the other thing that we love to do is we watch detective mystery movies and stuff like that. So, um, because that's like a different kind of puzzle. It's a, it's a narrative puzzle and it gets us thinking about other things. And, you know, I can't wait for the new Twin Peaks to come out. Um, that's going to be really cool. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it usually it's just a lot of chilling in Netflix. So that's, uh, not, not, not the urban dictionary version, but <laughs> all right, that's good. <laughs> and, and board gaming when I can, I mean, that's the other thing too. It's, it's, I love, I love the social aspect dynamic of, of board gaming that you don't often get when you're playing a video game per se, mm -hmm. um, try but it's just not the same as, you know, staring down what you think is a Cylon across the table of a game of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, there's nothing quite like that tension. So, yeah. So. All right. I, I do have one more question before we head into the final five. Uh, gotcha. So, you know, how, what's it like working with your with your spouse? I mean, you know, marriage itself can be, you know, have, have its highs and lows and everything. And then, you know, you guys are tied together by, you know, also the company as well. So how, how does that work for you guys? <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I was mouthing help me under my breath yeah. here. Uh, yeah. uh, um, 
that's the joke I usually share with people who who ask that question. It's uh, it's 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 got its pros and cons like anything else. It's but the degree of trust that I have with my business partner, who is my spouse, spouse, uh, it's getting late tonight. How can you tell? Um, is unparalleled, and there's nothing quite like having a win for your company and having your spouse there to share it with you. You know, where it's the same, it's it's that same, you both understand what you're trying to do. And it means the same. Exactly, yeah. So I think, you know, there was a time there where we had a really tough period where somebody was actively sabotaging your company from within, which was an unfortunate, unfortunate circumstance. But we got through it. And I think we're closer now than ever. And it allows us to, like she is, so I am the hacker and she is the hustler. So I'm, she's the talker. I'm the techie mm-hmm. is our individual roles. But right. so she has a very different side of things, but she loves doing that. She is very, she is much more social and good about getting back to people in email than I am. Uh, uh, so I'm a typical male that way, but um, at the same time, I love bringing these technical visions to life and helping people realize their dreams. I mean, um, a friend of mine, his name is Neil Halford, who wrote uh, a game back in the day called Betrayal at Crondor, which was a great RPG storytelling, and he works with us. And the way he describes it is, you know, there are a lot of game companies out there who build and put all of their eggs in one basket for, you know, one game. There's people like us who build like an authoring tool and that's sort of, you know, so that other people can build and work with their games. Neil said, what you guys have done is you've essentially created a hope machine, a machine where people can go and have their dreams come to life and that's the one of the reasons why he hopes that we succeed is that we can carry that forward and be it for writers for gamers you know people who just want to try stuff out or just play with the system or people who maybe can make a living out of telling stories it's the one thing that we can hope for and dream that technology will let us do that there's an audience there to share that well said. So can we leave it on a sappy note? Is that good enough? <laughs> no. Well, we, we can. But we, we do have oh, uh, what we call the final five here. We have okay. five geeky, nerdy questions for you. All right. it, it's binary, but you can expound as much as you like. So uh, I'll just fire okay. them away. Shoot, man. Shoot. First, first one is Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Okay. Uh, I'm Any sorry. I, it would have been Star Wars at one point, but those first three prequel movies. Oh God. Yeah. The, no, the prequels sorry. were bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I had. I was willing to give George Lucas hope up until like the Phantom Menace. I could sort of see where he was going, and I have a whole theory about that if if you like as i've studied shakespeare the history plays and you can see that in star trek it might have been like a henriette that's that's you'll have to get me a necronomicon to share that theory with you but but yeah no i think i i was always a fan of people coming together to work as a team and and 
Yeah, and I see that kind of hope in Star Trek, so less so in the... All right, anyways. <laughs> all right. Uh, tabletop or video games? What's the difference? Um, <laughs> that's yeah. tough. That's really tough. But I think given my experience level, and, and I choose video games, but if done correctly, there's no difference. Ha, 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 ha. We're expecting that. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Probably over with alcohol. So cool. Yeah. All right, a DC or Marvel? Marvel or none? Or, you know. Well, the only thing is, I worked on a Marvel game once, and it was a horrible, horrible nightmare mess. But hmm. I'm still a fan to the Marvel world. I, I'd say uh, Batman's a wimp. Come on, and Mike Davis <laughs> is going to hate me for that. Come on, he's uh, the not. <laughs> he gets portrayed as a wimp, is what I'm saying, and that's it's just. Uh, your parents died. Like, like, do you want to look at the pain and suffering on the Marvel side that that people evolve and get over? Come on, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and Superman just isn't interesting enough. Although the 1978 Superman still gets me as a kid, as a young boy, sort of seeing that come to life and big screen was amazing. So, oh, but yeah. uh, I think Marvel are better storytellers. But I'd love to see I'd love to see some theories on that. That's I think the villains of Batman are more interesting than Batman, but but I like the heroes better of Marvel. How's that? How's that? That's an answer. Fair enough. All right. That's fair. All right. Sci- like sci-fi or fantasy? Again, what's the difference? Going from Margaret Mead, if you if you have a high tech enough, it would be indistinguishable from magic. Ha! Ah. Um, ah. Right. I think I, for me. Sorry. Go ahead, Leah. I, I'm just going to say there's some sci-fi out there that is labeled as sci-fi that is rightly fantasy. Like, one of my favorites, Dune is labeled as sci-fi, and yes, I am going to have to agree with some, but it's more indeed just space magic. It walks the line, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah, I think good stuff is, uh, I don't, I mean... It can transcend a good novel will transcend the genre it's written in. So, but I, I think if I had to pick one, sci fi is probably my choice. So, mm. but there's so many ones, great writers that I like who write in the fantasy trope. And actually, if I had to, if I add a third one to that, if it was sci fi, fantasy, horror, then I would be in the horror camp. So, how's that? All right. All right. That's true. We've we've had people say that before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the last one is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Wow. All right. <laughs> um then probably my quick one would be I wish that we and sappy as it sounds. I think these days I'm more frightened about where our world is heading and I wish that we could have a little more peace and understanding, a little more compassion in our world. So I, I would have to say if I could make good storytelling become transcendent and lead to world peace, then that's a pretty good superpower I'd have right now. I think we could use a little more hope and dreams than, yeah. So don't mind me. I've got some dogs screaming in the background. Maybe that's my call to go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
We were we were trying not to leave on a sack. We know you took us back down there again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think dreams and hope. There we go. Hope and dreams, yeah, right? Yeah. Hope and dreams incorporated. There you go. All right, there we go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. No, right, I know. So if you, go ahead. I I just I I read the news these days and I get so depressed and I just you know the more. I think if we could focus more on on the good things that happen and less than the bad things, then hey, that's and I think games are a good way to bring people together and stories, especially as well. So I do both. There we go. Absolutely, and you do it well. Oh, that remains to be seen, but we try, we try. Hey, we won some awards, but let's you you play one of our games and 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 actually, if you do want to give away free stuff to your audience, I'd be happy to share some codes with you guys. So uh, if you want to work out some logistics of that and give away prizes, I'd be happy to. So oh, cool, That'd be sure. very cool. Sure, happy yeah. to do that. Awesome, thank you, sir. All right, all right. So if you want to give now out your, your details, now you're smiling. <laughs> um sorry my details yes um so i'm blair leggett of one more story games um triple w one more story games.com and storystylist.com if you want to see if you want to write and create some stuff um yeah um check us out and try our games and send us any emails you want at info at one more story games we're happy to read them and and share and talk about your dreams and hopes and stuff too so sweet thank you sir of course we have all this stuff in the show notes and i'm gonna have to go back and edit and put the sponsors in i think i have to start doing that now <laughs> uh. well well give me tell me what to say and i'll say it man that's uh yeah. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for coming on. It was a, it was a pleasure to have you and and to get to talk oh, about all you. the cool things that you're doing. You guys are great. Yeah. I love. I, I don't always watch the shows, but I do watch all your posts. So that's. I think you guys have had some amazing people on, and I'm happy to be among that the, the happy few. So there you go. Absolutely, yeah, we're we're glad to have you and and be able to include you in that <laughs> illustrious list. We've been uh, very lucky in our friends and and uh, people that we've had coming on the show, and we're we you know we're quite blessed in that regard. So it's uh we're we're happy to include you in that. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll throw out all of our stuff here at the end. You can catch this cool content and all of our other awesome stuff at legendsoftabletop.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Legends Tabletop. We're on Instagram, Tumblr. You can download us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, Player FM. Put us in your Google. You'll find us all over. Uh, hit the like buttons. Do the 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 reviews. The you know post up whatever you want. Talk about you us. Share with words. your friends. Share yes. with your friends. <laughs> exactly. Promote, man. Promote. 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 We uh, we enjoy doing it, and we enjoy having uh, you know having everybody check us out and and talk about it and enjoy it. And we hope that you enjoy it. We hope that you check out all the sponsors and. Um, We'll catch you next time. Cheers. Good night, people. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. This is Blair from One More Story Games. Oh, my God, we're live. We ruined the magic. Here's the finger guns. Go, go. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.